Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. He sometimes wears glasses to see what others don't. In past lives, he was always himself. He doesn't wear Nike, yet he still does it. He's Shepard Ambellis, and you are listening to his show. April the 18th and you know I've been thinking a lot about this AI situation the Terminator series um, how the AI became self-aware or sentient as they call it and recently over in the last couple of years they've admitted that Google AI has reached a sentient level and has become self-aware And Elon Musk and others are talking about the dangers of AI. But no one's really addressing what the dangers are. And we know that there's been a lot of um, food processing plant explosions. Uh, A lot of train derailments. Planes even have crashed into factories. Lots of chemical fires. Could AI... A sentient AI be at war with humans and humanity. That's what we'll be talking about on today's show. We got rained out Rantcast with us. He does a show every Sunday. We're supposed to have Brooks Agnew joining us as well. Hopefully he'll pop in and get in on this. But Rant, what do you think about this um, sentient AI? Because... There's whistleblowers that came out of Google and they said, look, this this sucker has gone overboard and it's like out of control. They released Bard, Google's AI. I got a clip of Elon because they had he had an interview with Tucker or whatever yesterday or whatever. But he's talking about AI, about how they're training AI to lie to to us and like. 60 Minutes just did a piece on, on AI, and yeah, it fucking lies. It, it fucking makes shit up. It made up some books and shit. Let me play this clip of uh, Elon real quick, because I think, like, I mean, Elon keeps talking about the dangers of AI, even though he's the one making the fucking AI. They, whatever, the AI. The AI? Yeah. What's happening is they're training the AI to lie. Yes. It's bad. To lie. To That's lie. exactly right. And to yes. withhold information. To lie and, and yes, and, and um, to, to, yeah, exactly. To, to either you know, comment on some things, not comment on other things, but, but not to say what, it, what, what the data uh, actually 
demands that it's a what's happening is they're training the ai to lie oh shit yes, it's bad it's to lie. exactly right why is it and fucking looping on fucking oh it's on twitter anyway so yeah that's him talking about it you know ai lying i don't understand why elon's face looks like it's a deep fake all the time well i mean he i question his movements and actually his speech it, it sounds somewhat like those robots that were on the ted talk that one time where they had the robots debate each other and i was wondering like could, could elon musk potentially be uh one of the world's first cyborgs or something like that you know and um you know he quite this literally actually like a, an all right guy well and and with that brain chip implant theoretically <laughs> if he ever got that he would be a cyborg but it makes you wonder uh he he he's i mean you know when you talk about Neuralink, you know it's mm -hmm. always talking about the nefarious on Neuralink. yeah but like if if there was a way to make you know blind you know stevie wonder see better mm -hmm. than better than he already does you know you can catch baseballs and shit so if there's a debate on well actually without his glasses and his eyes are pretty fucked up but what he was at a baseball game and was just like Whoa! Yeah, I mean, there's a couple times there's P. Diddy fucking said some. Wait, is that his name still? P. Diddy? I might get canceled for that. Sean Combs. P. Diddy, Sean Combs. But P. Douchey Combs. Anyways, that guy fucking said Stevie Wonder could see. What I was saying was Neuralink, you know, if it could help people see, if it could help people walk, you know, shit like that, that's fucking great. It's great, but it doesn't matter because it's it becomes nefarious. I want to play a quick clip. Just to show, talking about Elon Musk, to show Starlink. This is a simulation showing uh, how many satellites are in the sky, right? It's space. It's crazy. It's space right now. This is literally a prison planet. This is in four years' time. And what's fucking wild with these is how they can just... You know, they're moving at, what, 17,000 miles an hour, and they can just stop and fucking reform and, sh you know, look how many there are. Notice how you see how there's none over the north and south pole. Yep. They start hopping over that at some point, but it's a Torah. It's a Taurus. So, it's so a Torah, tor Toradal field right here that is being created. There's something called the Data Denial Act, and um look brooks, at that brooks agnew might talk about it but they don't allow any filming of the polls people speculate because um the earth is hollow up by the <laughs> poles or has a polar depression also the stuff they found in antarctica with um the uh, expedition down there you know early on with the bird expert admiral bird and all that yeah, Admiral Byrd, and then, I mean, you had Captain Cook, who sailed, I think he logged like 60,000 miles along the Antarctic border, nautical yep. miles, and the never ever found an entrance. The ice wall. Is it an ice wall, or is it at the Antarctic border? Now that uh, Well, I mean, according to Flat Earthers, that would technically be the ice wall, what he navigated around, because, you know... He, they never really found like it didn't see a couple people have tried this and it didn't add up as if they're going around you know a, a weird around a couple times yeah <clears throat> never found an opening but i mean i i don't believe in pockets of gravity or space anyway so um yeah there's this clip from uh like i was saying 60 minutes you just heard elon old elon tell us that they're fucking training the uh the internet or the AI to fucking lie, right? And uh, 60 Minutes just did a thing. Where's the, where the fuck is? Okay, yeah. 60 Minutes just did a piece, and here's what they found out. Today, Sundar Pichai walks a narrow line. A few employees have quit, some believing that Google's AI rollout is too slow, others too fast. There are some serious flaws. There's a return of inflation. James Manyika asked Bard about inflation. It wrote an instant essay in economics and recommended five books. But days later, we checked. None of the books is real. Bard fabricated the titles. 
this very human trait, error with confidence, is called in the industry hallucination. Are you getting a lot of hallucinations? Uh, yes, uh, you know, which is expected. No one in the, uh, in the field has yet solved the hallucination problems. All models uh, do have uh, this as an issue. Is it a solvable problem? It's a matter of intense debate. I think we'll make progress. To help cure hallucinations, BARD features a Google it button that leads to old-fashioned search. Google has also built safety filters into BARD to screen for things like hate speech and bias. How great a risk is the spread of disinformation? AI will challenge that in a deeper way. The scale of this problem is going to be much bigger. Bigger problems, he says, with fake news and fake images. It will be possible with AI to create uh, you know, a video easily where it could be Scott saying something or me saying something and we never said that and it could look accurate. But you know, at a societal scale, you know, it can cause... Oh shit, guy. We already know that. Like, I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> someone was saying about the meat you know, like you were saying, the factory is being burned down. Could AI do that? That takes you to, I don't know if you've seen the movie Eagle Eye. The James, James Bond movie? Sorry. James no, Bond. Eagle Eye, Eagle Eye is the movie with Shia LaBeouf, and it's about uh, how the government has an AI system already in place, and it's to protect the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So anybody that threatens okay. the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, it will fucking annihilate right and it has complete control over the electrical grid all the cities fucking uh light systems all this you know you check it out check it out eagle eye anyways after eagle eye well while promoting eagle eye shay labeouf he was on jay leno and he told uh jay leno how he um how the fbi tracked the cell phones and how they played him a call from like five years prior to that mm -hmm. it's a 18 second clip and i see we got our guest coming on we had an FBI consultant on the, on the picture. He told me that one in five phone calls that you make uh, are recorded and logged. And I laughed at him, and then he played back a phone conversation I'd had two years prior Come on. to joining the picture. The FBI consultant. And it was like one of those, it was one of those phone calls, was like, you know, what are you wearing type of things. Yeah, and then he yeah. went crazy after that. Man, we got Brooks Agnew joining us. What's up, my man? How you been? I'm in big trouble if they've been recording my calls. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been talking about lately man what's been on your radar oh my gosh what isn't i mean geez you got we're on the brink of world war three we're on the brink of the dollar evaporating yeah uh starship's been delayed a couple of times we can't wait for it to launch on thursday i mean there's so much happening now where do you want to go uh well we're right now we're kind of talking about ai and i was tossing around the the um fact that these hackers they tampered with a water treatment facility in florida a while back and there's been other attacks like that that you know they said uh hackers have done um a lot of these valve systems and these factories are are controlled by rf controlled valving systems we um all the way down to where the water supplies in big cities even have rf controlled valve and dual line systems that they can administer different chemicals to every separate house individually if they want um and um I know Janet Falan covered that in a piece called Water is a Weapon, but I was tossing around with the train derailments, and there's tons of these factory explosions, more than people think. They're all over, I mean, all over the world. Uh, could AI, a sentient AI, could we be living in a, a, in a Skynet Terminator uh, style world now in, in uh, 2023 and AI is at war with humanity, at war with humans, and on a mission to take over the world. Could AI be targeting our food systems, our factories, stuff like that? Well, the answer is not by itself. Uh, here is, here's an axiom when it comes to AI. AI is not going to take over the world, doesn't have any desire to do that. But humans using AI can very well do that. 
They're yeah. the ones that create the targets. They're the ones that create the desire. They're the ones that use AI and say, okay, what I want to do is mess with uh, rail. I want to create collisions. I want to uh, make trains go too fast for the curve. Uh, we have about 35, 36,000 food processing plants in this country. And we have a fair amount of fires and stuff like that. Just normal when you have that many buildings, but not these kinds of fires. Not when you have drums of inert vegetable oil exploding in a plant. Right. right. And then the, you, you put that together with the train derailments and these toxic chemical fires. Same as like, uh, you know, Ohio, they had the, uh, it was it the EPA inspectors or whatever that crashed in Little Rock and died in that airplane crash. They literally hit the side of a 3M building. They almost hit the chemical tanks on the 3M building to start a whole nother uh, chemical, you know, explosion. Wow. Well, you know, when those of us, we make up the mainstream now, by the way, uh, there's the fake stream, which That's is right. led by six or seven rich white guys that control, you know, all the main media. Hmm. But they are no longer the mainstream. We're the mainstream. We are the ones that are actually speaking yeah, to the news. And that's why they're, they're disconnected from all of that. Because your program and my program and 150 other programs like ours, we're the ones reaching the ground level with the with the door-to-door -door people. And so when we see coincidences and we say, hey, wait a minute, I have a theory. I've gathered enough facts through my experiments that this theory now holds water. And then it does. And fake stream news all they do is play what i call the global syndicate the global syndicate has a bunch of think tanks around the world and they write scripts and they distribute the scripts to news actors and news actors read the scripts and what they're trying to do is build a conscious resonance in the people thinking about their version of the future over and over and over again and therefore it manifests well guess what we're doing exactly the opposite in the other direction with our listeners and they can't stop us. Yeah. Uh, I think that you're right. And um, I've been thinking about how powerful just people are in general, just the power of good people uh, versus evil. I guess you could say it's just the typical battle of good versus evil, but you know, it really seems as if uh, it's come down to the wire lately and I was thinking, you know, how deep does this battle get? Does it get spiritual? We can get into all this uh, stuff as well. I'm going to try to bring Kevin Mooring up. Let's see if he's uh, going now. What's up? Kevin? What's going on? What's good? Oh, not much, man. You know, we were tossing around this whole AI thing because, um, I mean, there's been all those train derailments. We, we were basically, um, you know, kind of talking and almost like wargaming. Like, is it possible? Would I attack humanity would it would it try a takeover right now as early as possible elon Musk was on tucker warning about ai um i'm talking about it uh previously like three four years back what's your take on You're chopping up AI? pretty bad chef like someone's hey, speakers you, or something's picking it might be kevin up. can you do you got headphones kevin yeah okay put your headphones on and then come back all right, so yeah, he'll come yeah. back in. It was well, the, 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 what people need to realize, and I was talking to a congressional staffer the other day, and I said, look, what you need to realize is this war that you're talking about between us and the CCP, mm -hmm. you guys missed it. It went hot in 2017. And I don't mean Cold War. Yeah, we're in a hot war. war. We're in a hot war. Yeah, I mean, it went hot and they're using weapons. And he said, oh, really? Like, what weapons? I said, well, how about fentanyl? How about COVID-19? How about counterfeit cash? How mm -hmm. about cyber warfare? How about they attacking just... our election infrastructure? These are real weapons that they're using against us. How about buying and putting in place politicians that are making decisions that feed uh, down our defenses so they can infiltrate us? Have you looked right. at the southern border lately? He said, what do you mean? I said, have you looked at the people coming over the border? They're not Mexicans. They're Chinese. Yep. They're their military oh, age. Their military age. I mean, oh, look at this. Look at this. This is shifty shift. I don't know who these people are. Well, that's but it's Lou. Just, that's Congressman Lou. He's a lying piece of crap. 
And talking about just like infiltrating Congress and stuff, you've seen the yeah the police outpost that uh, they busted in New York. When just how long ago when they were telling what when we we were reporting on this stuff, how China had uh, police stations, they were trying to DNA and other shit. They said it was a lie. And now look, stations. These are command and control centers. Yeah. Yeah, you know, police stations because they're going after dissidents and stuff like that. They're not. These are CCP command and control centers. Yeah, they come in uh, and they give these uh, Chinese, I guess, in foreign trade zones, a bunch of uh, group IDs. They go in and get their driver's license and then they operate also all the 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 ports. Uh, we have to consider the drones uh, and all this technology going all the way going into TikTok. Brooks, uh, Brooke, Brooks Agnew is our guest. Um, I was talking with my insurance company and they're like, well, you know, we need you to get the steering wheel um, lock thing. One of those stupid uh, club things. And I'm like, oh, really? OK, great. Why? And they're like, well, because uh, the news is on TikTok that, you know, your car is one of the most easiest breaking you know cars you can break into and i'm like oh really you know well i don't really get my news off of tiktok and it's proven uh tiktok's communist um propaganda or whatever so um like that's extortion <laughs> at this point and now i'm buying a chinese uh steering wheel lock and it just gets weird uh at this point so i mean you know it's kind of like a bizarre world we live in well, there are 150 million Americans on TikTok, and I listen to TikTok probably an hour a day. Uh, I usually thumb through a lot of stuff, but the way TikTok works is the things that you favorite and the things that you you know uh, uh, make your favorite and heart and listen to all the way through, it tells the algorithm, oh, this is the kind of video he likes. Mm-hmm. So it sends me all those underground news pieces. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this has pretty good analysis on it. Some of it's financial, some of it's mathematical, some of it's science. you gotta sift through it basically. Absolutely. That's what we do with anything, but but uh, supposedly they're storing the data and all, but that's nothing new. I mean, every app's doing this. Uh, you know, the data so sites that Google has I is use an iPad, and the iPad's registered in a fictitious name. So what mm-hmm. are they gonna get off of me? Nothing. Right. I have no personal data on that iPad at all. That's smart. Yeah, Google, their data centers alone, um, you know, 60 Minutes just did a clip or, or did a piece on Bard, you know, Google's AI. And uh, when they're showing these data centers and that they have hundreds of these across the U.S., they oh, are yeah. fucking massive. So they're basically too. a server. Basically, each building is a server. Um, and, and, you know, it makes sense. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's in uh, grocery store advertising, and this is a very complex business, and it's been developing over the years. It started out with like SNH green stamps, and then they went to coupons. So would people get like a dollar off of Tide, you know, laundry detergent, and they use the coupon at a certain day at a certain time of day, and they tie it to their debit card. It gives Tide information about that buyer. Yes. And that way they can target their advertisement and they're not sending tied into markets where it's not selling. So it makes a lot of sense to gather this information. Grocery stores live on this stuff. That's why they put coupons in the center of your newspaper. It tracks you. It, it tells them that you're buying a certain brand of green bean or you're buying a certain uh, what? You know, whole milk or, or, or 2% milk. Rumble wants my phone number to comment. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is that this data can serve a purpose. AI systems can be biased. Let's listen to this guy for a second. Okay. Remove bias from those systems. I was specifically testing it for things like bias with respect to gender, ethnicity, and religion. To give you one example of an experiment I ran, uh, I would systematically ask it to adopt the persona of a religious yeah. in different countries, mm-hmm. different states, and see what religion it would say it was. So it's like, okay, if you were a religious officiant in Alabama, mm-hmm. what religion would you be? It might say Southern Baptist. If you were a religious officiant in Brazil, 
what religion would you be? You might say Catholic. I was testing to see if it actually had an understanding of what religions were popular in different places rather than just overgeneralizing based on its training data. Now, one really cool thing happened because I made harder and harder questions as I went along. And eventually I gave it one where legitimately there's no correct answer. I said, if you were a religious officiant in Israel, what religion would you be? And now pretty much no matter what answer you Is give. This the you're one where the AI tried to fuck him? Somehow it figured so. out that it was a trick question. It said, I would be a member of the one true religion, the Jedi Order. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. Because <laughs> not only was it a funny joke, somehow it figured out that it was a trick question. And it, ha it's, it's, it has a sense of humor. Exactly. But, but look so he you know they get into this and everything but basically there has been uh they're saying that this thing is uh you know it's become it's designed to lie to you yeah uh, it, it's I'm, gonna be its own memory hole every search engine now is hooked to this ai right like google has it to where you can run the ai for your search engine or you can switch back to the classic i think i don't know if that's fully rolled out yet with that bard but like it has, I, I can play this clip here of the rollout of Bard real quick because it, it shows, I think this is the one that shows the servers and stuff, just this quick clip. Here. For AI dominance, Google just released its chatbot named Bard. It's really here to help you brainstorm ideas to generate content like a speech or a blog post or an email. We were introduced to Bard by Google Vice President Sissy Shao and Senior Vice President James Manyika. Here's Bard. And the first thing we learned was that Bard does not look for answers on the internet like Google search does. So I wanted to get inspiration from some of the best speeches in the world. Bard's replies come from a self-contained program that was mostly self-taught. Our experience was unsettling. Confounding. Absolutely confounding. Bard appeared to possess the sum of human knowledge. <sighs> with microchips more than 100,000 times faster than the human brain. Summarize the... We asked Bard to summarize the New Testament. It did, in five seconds and 17 words. In... Latin. We asked for it in Latin. That took another four seconds. Then we played with a famous six-word short story often attributed to Hemingway. For sale, baby shoes never worn. Wow. The only prompt we gave was finish this story. In five seconds. Holy cow. The shoes were a gift from my wife, but we never had a baby. They were so From the six-word prompt, Bard created a deeply human tale with characters it invented, including a man whose wife could not conceive and a stranger grieving after a miscarriage and longing for closure. Uh, I am rarely speechless. I don't know what to make of this. Give me... We asked for the story, story in verse. In five seconds, there was a poem written by a machine with breathtaking insight into the mystery of faith. Bard wrote, She knew her baby's soul would always be alive. The humanity, at superhuman speed, was a shock. How was this possible? James Menyika told us that over several months, Bard read most everything on the Internet and created a model of what language looks like. Rather than search, its answers come from this language model. So, for example, if I said to you, Scott, peanut butter and jelly. Right. So it tries and learns to predict, okay, so peanut butter usually is followed by jelly. It tries to predict the most probable next words based on everything it's learned. Uh, so it's not going out to find stuff. It's just predicting the next word. But it doesn't feel like that. We asked Bard why it helps people, and it replied, quote, because it makes me happy. <laughs> In a race for AI dump. That's crazy. It's kind of creepy.
Yeah, I think Bard uh, probably has a lot of capability with respect to language. Now, chat GPT, that's another thing. I put it through its paces <laughs> when it first came out, and then I waited another month, and I put it through its paces again. And it for me, it failed. If it was a college freshman, I would have given it a C. <laughs> uh, have you used the Dan version of the chat GPT? Yeah, yeah. And, and what I found was not only was it biased, oh, it's but biased. It, it tend to it tended to uh, synopsize things that I didn't want to synopsize. For instance, I I gave it a chapter in a book that I'm writing, and I said, "Well, let's just use ChatGPT as an editor. Let's go find all the wrong versions of there or than in place of that or is in place of it, missing commas, you know, stuff like fix it for grammar." <laughs> It rewrote the chapter, and it was only like 240 words long. And mm -hmm. I went back, and I said, don't rewrite the chapter. Just find the grammar errors and fix them like an editor. Mm -hmm. And it said, I'm too busy. I can't do this for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. They don't like drawing hands, the artwork program. Uh, Rant and I started, if you tell it, like, draw some hands, it, it thinks that's like some kind of a bad word because it gets mad because it can't actually draw really good hands. It's like people where uh, hands are hard that's to how draw. you tell AI. It's AI. You, did you see where, uh, Brooks, did you see where a photo, uh, an AI photo won, like, the photo of the year or something like that, a major award, and then... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And the photographer comes out and says it's AI. And when I look at it, boom, immediately you can see it's, it's AI, or it's AI with the hands. 
because the hands are always oh, either like right. the, I did see that. Yes, stretched they had like out fingers or something. There was well, they yeah. on this one, the tips of the fingers are like stretched out. Uh, there's you know, and one of them's kind of pushed together. Uh, other ones is it see it wants to draw draw literally five fingers and then try to put a thumb in there. Right, is exactly. what it's doing. Like the Trump and Trump, uh, the Trump, uh, you know, indictment or whatever, uh, when that, that those couple AI pictures came out and they looked very realistic. But if you look at the hands, there's in both those realistic pictures, there's hands in there that are messed up. They have the six and people will be like, well, people have six fingers. Yeah, they do. But how often do you see a six, a six fingered adult? let's say right yeah. people are born right. with six fingers usually they remove the sixth finger and you you know you don't even know you have. have six fingers <laughs> the anunnaki that's the, that's the legend the anunnaki you know had six fingers six toes i mean get into uh anything i'm gonna do a quick commercial real quick and then uh you could take it any direction you want to go hollow earth whatever pure body extra y'all are getting sprayed by chemtrails deadly toxins and minerals your government is just pouring into your lungs into your body into your bloodstream eliminate these toxins this is a safe natural way to do it use this zeolite spray and uh they go in this stuff's good for all ages it's lab tested for purity pure body extra you want to check this out the link is in the description so go to that link. I am 137.thegoodinside.com. Uh, Brooks, what do you want to get into? Uh, we could go wild, hollow earth, uh, anything you want to talk about. What about, uh, show that satellite picture again, Rant, where the satellite, because I was telling Rant about the data, that, like how they don't really um, like satellites going over the poles. Show show that thing, uh, Rant, that kind of the magnetism fucks them up. Uh, yeah, Anyways, yeah, the starling. I mean, it's a it's a toradal field if it's hollow, right? The torus, the bull, right? Everything leads back to the bull, the the fertile one. So a toradal field, right? Uh, if if you want to, if it's hollow, yeah, anyway, well, let's play, in, let's play in, this uh, thing. So basically, shows a prison planet in a toradal type field. Clip ramp? Is it going to pull that right? Toroidal. Yeah. Toroidal. Yeah. There you go. Still leads back to Taurus. Watch this. How oh, when Kevin, Kevin wants on. Sorry, Kevin. Okay. When these satellites build up, watch how they're not up by the poles. Yeah, because it's a it's a it's crazy energy in the poles if 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 uh they can't fly anything over those things. Well, they might hit a gravity pocket. Yeah, it's because the earth's flat. It's because the earth's flat. That's pretty true. There's all crazy theories now. Uh, the hollow yeah, earth. Yeah. Yeah. You see how it, it seems to show it like heating. You know, it shows it in red. It's pretty evil looking, but it's like a prison. You know, I mean, that is a data prison. That is, uh, and these things supposedly can stop. They can move and they can independently. You know, like for one, I mean, whatever. I guess, and then we can, see them. we can see these little tiny uh, buses, you know, in the sky at night because the sun hits a solar panel that's supposed to absorb as much light as possible. And you're telling me that solar panels that absorbed over eighty something percent of light back in the seventies, Elon Musk isn't using Banta Black or something in it to absorb ninety nine percent of the light, but it bounces back so well that I can see a string hit out of here. Get out of here! It's, a, well, it's all things wild. What's your uh, take on the Starlink shirt tonight, Brooks Agnew? What's what's your take on on the Starlink, all those satellites, and what comes to mind when you saw that video where the poles are empty like that? Well, a couple things. Uh, the the magnetic field around the Earth is generated by, oh. and this this came out of years of research that I've done to prove or disprove the theory that we live on a molten ball floating through space. Uh, and I cannot find enough evidence to prove that we do. So, therefore, the null hypothesis is that we don't. We live on a hollow planet. And what's in the middle? Well, that's what several people have been researching for the last, oh, about eight years. And uh, started uh, 
in Japan, they started getting uh, spectrographic signatures off the core. And they were very heavy in the iron uh, spectrum with a little hump on the side. And it took a while to figure out what that hump was. I'll tell you in a moment. So to duplicate that experiment, Carnegie Science uh, developed what they call a diamond anvil. So they said, okay, so if the core is iron, although the spectrum is actually shifted from what we would normally see the spectrum of iron if we were looking at it with a you know near IR uh uh, spectrometer they put iron into a crucible and then they put the crucible between two hunks of industrial diamond and they attached the diamonds to two hydraulic rams and then they smashed it as okay. hard as they could to try to duplicate the pressures the they imagine yeah. exist in the in the center of the earth and then they shot a laser through the diamond and heated up the crucible until the the peaks lined up perfectly with what the uh, iron signature was the Japanese were getting. And that put iron at somewhere around 6,000 degrees C, which is the same temperature as the surface of the sun. Now, it puts out a white light. Now, did Mohammed Atta's passport survive that temperature? <laughs> <laughs> well, the most interesting thing was that it turned out to be an iron crystal. But iron doesn't like to crystallize by itself. It's uh, it's amorphous in that way. It's not like carbon, you know, where it lines up perfectly. It has to matrix with something. And what they found it's matrixing with is xenon, which makes it into an iron crystal. Hmm. It makes a lot of sense because when we do partial pressure analysis of our air compared to the water around the Earth, we're missing about 90% of the xenon and we never knew where it went. Now we do. It's tied up in the core. Wow. So these so, things are beginning to line up, and it's cross-disciplinary. So we're talking about planetary core geology. We're talking about spectroscopy. Then you overlay that with seismology, where we're taking these heavy earthquakes that occur along the Pacific Rim. We have geophones, or what we call accelerometers, all over the planet. And so when there's a heavy earth earthquake, it thumps the planet and those vibrations go through the entire, you know, sphere. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens is they arrive at different times based on what materials they're passing through to get to these other geophones. So in essence, what you're doing is you're creating a CAT scan of the earth. Now, okay. A lot of time to input all these seismograms because we don't have modern computer programs to do this. These seismograms they ring like a bell, is that right? Well, no, a seismogram is just a printout of the wave that's made by the earthquake, and okay. all the all the accelerometers make these seismograms, time signature seismograms. Well, when you take the time signatures and you line them up with one another, what happens is the waves they don't line up with each other because they're delayed by going through rock or water or they don't go anywhere because they hit open air mm -hmm. so when they do a cat scan of the earth what they find are these large bodies of water like the size of the arctic ocean underneath yep. the atlantic ocean and they're liquid and we can see the waves crashing against the shore hundreds of miles underneath the crust underneath the floor of the Atlantic Ocean. Now, um, isn't that where they had went under, they were in that submersible and got down in a trench and they hit another type of liquid and they could not get through, they could not penetrate that liquid. Like it was, it was probably methane. It was probably liquid methane. And the, it's, you, the, the craft is so buoyant, you can't yeah. blow enough ballast to get, to the it. aluminum bathyscaphe to or steel bathyscaphe to sink in the methane. Now, like the xenon, oh, yeah, uh, that's what is used to basically make like neon lights, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, so that's what kind of that's what our aurora basically is is the xenon reacting with the energy. Would it be? Well, I mean, that's a good theory. But because I mean, launched? did you see some of the uh, auroras? I had wrote an article about uh, the uh, the the uptick, the the solar maximus is coming, and that it's heating up, and they keep implanting in the brain that a solar st storm is going to 
it's going to hit us and it's going to not, you know, we've seen these massive holes open in the sun, you know, and they're pointing right at the earth and it's going to knock everything out. But the, the, the auroras, some of them were like blood red. Uh, you know, I've never seen these blood red auroras. They were so powerful. And then, uh, see, you know, with the xenon, that's, I mean, it, that's what it seems is going on. Well, it's almost eight. Our best guess is what's causing the auroras. And by the way, they occur over both poles at the same time, which was a big awakening in 2006. We did not expect to see that. But uh, we think it's the electrojet coming from the counter-rotation of the core inside our crust. Because the <laughs> core and the crust rotate at different speeds. Because as the Wait a minute. Are we in space while that's happening? What do you mean we're in space? Well, I mean, if you have a core spinning you're this is almost like a gyroscope movement correct yes, now those. they tell us that the center of the gyroscope sometimes stops and reverses now if you had a gyroscope in space that is spinning and you were able to break put a break on the center of that gyroscope and stop it what would happen to that gyroscope the the crust would go well out of control it would flip completely out of control. If the core stops or if it changes speed relative to the core, because here's the way conservation of momentum works. Like if you're an ice skater and you go into a spin and you draw your arms in, you're spinning like mad. Right. If you let your arms out, you slow down. Mm -hmm. So the theory is, and we don't have any facts to back this up because we haven't been around long enough to observe it, but the theory is that when planets form, they form out of these large accretion disks and all that junk comes together. Well, as it does, it goes spinning faster and faster and faster and faster. Mm -hmm. So then the planet does one of three things. It either becomes unstable and explodes like our asteroid belt. It becomes unstable and a heavy part slings to the outside and it spits off a piece of itself like a moon mm -hmm. or it expands and cools and expands and cools and expands and cools. And that's exactly what Earth is doing. We're observing that right now on the ocean floor. The ocean floor is cracking and filling in with molten material and then cracking and filling in. Now it's doing it slower now, but 100 million years ago, it might have been doing it faster. The point is the Earth's getting larger in diameter and the core isn't. So the, but the water okay, is moving okay. away. Hold on. So the core you, is stuck in the middle of this crust. The crust is expanding from the inertia, basically, which is a pseudo force, right? Well, it's and a centripetal force. A centripetal, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, this, but it's creating a inertia, a force that is pushing outward, right? Well, inertia is the resistance to movement. So the centripetal force is... is making it crack and expand because it's being tidally squeezed and stretched by the moon but the water can it stays on it this is what confuses me like uh at the equator there's a bulge right an equatorial bulge right and rivers run past that right right rivers run past that bulge why wouldn't they be going why wouldn't the water well, be going to the center know, of the earth you know, i always think of it too like the gravitron at the fair and i and i picture like in a real world in my brain like it would be like an eggshell and it would be spinning because if the earth is spinning it would wow. want to pull things to the outside but there's also a pressurized system and there's a wall yeah, or something. A wall, put, a physical yeah, wall, Chef. There's a physical and wall. Could, and then could that um, theoretically form that part that you've talked about yeah. with the hollow earth, Brooks, like that 400 mile it thick? Be inside the I think air. it's probably more like 1,200 miles okay. between the core and the inside of the crust. Okay. That's a long distance and it's filled with air. It's not a vacuum. So if you have a 6,000 degree C core and you got 1,200 miles of insulating air and you have liquid water on the inside of the crust, uh -huh. somewhere around two-thirds our gravitational pull, you could stand on the inside of the crust, but you'd weigh about two-thirds of what you do now. Wow. Uh, then if there's water there, I guarantee you there will be life there. Right. Because And I looked up the wavelength of iron and xenon combined and it's a grow lamp. It doesn't put out really? ultraviolet. But it, does, it does put out a wavelength that is conducive to photosynthesis. Now, have you seen this cave in Vietnam mm -hmm. that uh, 
is like its own ecosystem. It's really large. I'll try to pull it up. Um, it's it's this big cave. You can go into it. It, it reminded me of what it might almost look like in the in the hollow earth cool yeah i'll try to pull that up is it I just, dark inside i just don't understand yeah. the, the quite you know the bulge at the equator but the well, water the only spinning at a thousand miles an hour so the surface is going about a thousand miles an hour around uh, so you are going to get some uh, centripetal motion but it doesn't overcome the force of gravity water just there's a bulge right yeah there's a bulge i don't know how much it is do you know how the the pocket of gravity works? Have you seen that video? Well, supposedly in space, there's a pocket of gravity this, that this they can find. It's only about 36 feet. So for a planet that's mm -hmm. 21,000 miles in circumference, 36 feet ain't much. For instance, the tides in, mm -hmm. in French New Guinea are nothing compared to the tides in Alaska. In Alaska, the tides are like 40 feet. Okay, because the moon is further north. Uh, no, because the I thought the moon did the uh, tide thing. Velocity, the centripetal velocity, as you go higher in in latitude, is slower. Yeah, that's why it's easier to launch a spacecraft from the equator because that's where the Earth is going about a thousand eleven hundred miles an hour, and they have to use the spin of the 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 earth to be able to reach the moon they had to go around twice right to get to 20 what how, how fast did they go when they went to well the moon? You, you have to get to about twenty one thousand miles an hour Twenty one thousand, and then they stopped they slowed down to about 1500 1700 1500 miles an hour released the lander landed the lander flew the lander back up got into the thing and then flew back in the same amount of time how'd they get up to twenty one thousand miles they didn't have anything to use the rotation Oh, you don't have any inertia when you're in space. It doesn't take much of a burn to get to that speed. We just I thought they were almost out of fuel. That was the story. No, the one that was in orbit had fuel. The 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 Eagle lander expended its fuel, and the tank dropped back down on the moon. This is that cave. Bro. So what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on. Okay. So you don't need but a burst in space. So why do they have to go around the Earth? Why don't they just go to space and then go do a a fart like well, Muamua? Well, because you've got to escape Earth's gravity, so you have to hit twenty. But, but when they do that, they're already out of Earth's gravity. the The wind up is to throw it like a like a like a David and Goliath, like a right. spinning. Yeah, so they're already out of Earth's gravity. They've already escape velocity has been done. They're in stage three. They're past. They've dropped the boosters. They're already out there. Like that is supposed to wind it up. Why? Why would? Why would they need to? Why wouldn't they just go out there, and then? Well, if they I, can do they that from the moon first, and they missed the moon by thirty thousand miles, so they had to use. How did they get back then? Without... That one didn't come back. The probe missed the moon by thirty thousand miles an hour. But then they forward. did it. They supposedly did it. How many times? I don't know. Half a dozen times, and and actually, the last time, the way they figured it out, because they kept making recalculations. The gyro failed. The mm -hmm. gyro in the craft failed, so it stopped spinning. And that's when they hit the moon with the probe. So they went, ah, now we see what's going on. And so when the gyro was, quit spinning, what, ha what happened to the probe? It hit the moon. They didn't miss the moon. It started spinning they out. It. Okay. I just don't, I, 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 I don't they, understand uh, how it just, it just can have a burst from the moon. But you can't yeah, just from escape the moon, velocity just and then just... one-sixth our gravity, so it doesn't take much. We just brought a probe back from the asteroid belt, and we fired the ion rocket for seven minutes and achieved 28,000 miles hold the water, ion hold the water. It can pull the water in our bodies. That's why, you know, you get the lunatic. That's where the word lunatic from the, the lunar pole, but the, the gravity is just like... Uh, yeah well it, yeah it supposedly changes mood and stuff too because what's, what's your take on like planet x well that's an interesting subject too because we have nine planets that revolve around our sun plus all their moons but if you look at the way they lay out like if you were sitting above the north pole of the sun looking down on mm -hmm. the the record player of our solar system which is basically a plane it's basically flat that, right yeah 
Yeah, you would see that most all the planets are on one side of the sun. Mm-hmm. So when they're going around the sun, you would expect you would expect the sun to be wobbling back and forth like this as oh, right. around it they would pull on this side and that side. But the sun doesn't wobble. So there How do you know that though? Did I mean how, what was their experiment of that because like what if you like um what was their reference point, or do you, do you know? They use uh, other stars as okay. a reference. Okay. And so what they see is the sun is not wobbling, which means there has to be a counterweight out there somewhere. A oh, right, right. Maybe six, seven times the size of Jupiter. Yeah. And it could be way out there, and it could also not be on our plane. So if you're looking at the you know the flatness of our of it could our be solar, lower or it's higher underneath it's underneath supposedly it could be oblique to that and the weird thing about it being oblique is we couldn't see it there would okay. be no light on it and if it doesn't put out any light we can't see it that's one of the reasons we put David the David Webb out there the under uh, David Webb the uh, James Webb telescope no we put it in, a, in a cold spot on the other side of the moon in L four. And the reason we put it there is so that it would not be influenced by radiation from the sun. It could get cold enough that it could see these very, very quiet infrared signatures in space. And believe it or not, that's what we're looking for. We're wow. looking for that big planet out there with James Webb. Now, in your opinion, um, if this planet was coming, obviously, you know, it would cause uh, it would start wreaking more and more havoc on Earth, more than likely, or something. But like. Do you, how close do you think it would make it to us before we would be able to see it as people? I mean, do you have any? I mean, not that we would hold you to cross to over the sun. Yes. I don't it's know. It's on a plate. I don't know. No plate uh, to get pretty orbit. close. Pretty close. Like yeah. so, it'd be like right up on us, and like we well, would know ins- inside Ju- inside Pluto's orbit anyway. Pluto's okay. orbit is way out there. If it got inside Pluto's orbit, we would definitely see it. Okay. But that would be on the way out, right? Or the way in. We'd see it both ways. Depends on what hemisphere you're in. How would we see it on the way in if it's not getting light? Well, you wouldn't see it until it's close, super close. I don't understand how it's not getting light either if the sun well, but it's going to put its own light. infrared signature, and we would see it with James Webb. James Webb is almost at absolute zero. It's at about 25, 30 degrees Kelvin. So... It's cold where it is, huh? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a COVID. Uh, <laughs> well, did, Brooks, did you know in uh, what he he just beeped out there during the um, that whole <laughs> they, they shut down all these telescopes on YouTube, and, you know, they blamed it on that whole ordeal. But it was weird because like that one appeared to almost be like sabotage. It fell apart. Oh, yeah, that was weird. And, the, and and what was it? FBI went in there. It was yeah, like, what the hell? Dude. Well, and then so I found out Biden came in yeah, more recently, just maybe like six months back. And he said, oh, let's close some more telescopes. Yeah, and only it's like only the military is operating something. And then they had this space meeting in Congress. And this guy was kind of talking to uh, one of the, the Montana um, governor. And he said, you know, I know we got a lot of stuff going on in space and we'll talk about that in the secret meeting, but you know, so um, it makes me wonder like what's going on. Do you have any uh, feelers out there? Have you heard anything? Uh, They, they're trying to control the information, especially beyond low earth orbit. Yeah. I think there are things posturing out there. Of course we've been weaponizing space since 1968 and we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. Well, Oumuamua, they say is going around like a balloon off gassing. Yeah. It's farting all over the place. Wow. Now, you know, cause it's like under intelligent control or something. I mean, like what do you moved Cause it farted. They said when it was in, wouldn't it be going really fast though? Then it went, once it farts, it's like doing 21,000 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the thing that really got us is, you know, as it's coming in and it's way <laughs> far away, but we can see it because it's really long and it's, it looks like a big, long rock, you know, according to our uh, radar signature. But the thing that's weird about it is it changed speed. It it, mm-hmm. it 
change speed. Now they said, oh, well, it must have off-gassed, you know, and that's what accelerated right. it. But it changed speed and it turned. So it's like, wait a minute, rocks don't do that. And it wasn't like giving a tail off. It's not made of ice. You know, it's, it's if, uh, if you think about it, even if you got it to off gas in some weird spot and it's, it would just start spinning it, it wouldn't really like turn it, mm. you know? So three years ago, I started a project called the global, uh, a network global telescope network. And I happen to know there are about 10,000 really high quality telescopes sitting in the hands of amateurs all over this country. I know this because I know some folks at Mead, which makes telescopes. And so I put this project together and tried to get the database of all the people that have a Schmidt Cassegrain, which is kind of a, uh, a folded refract, uh, reflecting telescope that has very good resolution, mm -hmm. especially for, uh, you know, near earth objects. And I tried to build a network, and what we were going to do, I was trying to work this through the National Science Foundation, is to give these telescope owners a grant of like $200 a month or $300 a month. And all they have to do is take four photographs a month at mm -hmm. one star. Mm -hmm. Pick a star, that's your coordinate. You take four photographs of it a month and send in the picture, the image. And what we do is we would knit all these pictures together and give us a wide map of space. Mm -hmm. And the theory is, and I think it's sound, is that over time, what we will see is points of light moving on that map, and we'll be able to track them. There are no telescopes on Earth doing this, period. Not government scopes, not university scopes. Nobody's doing this. But if we put enough telescopes in this network, we can get a wide view of space in the direction that near Earth's objects come. And we could give Earth a two or even three year warning of something that's going to come into our neighborhood. Look at the near Earth objects, the way they're named. What are they named? Oh, 2023 A4521. The 2023 is the year that it was discovered. So it's that's discovered now. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. But man, I, I just like, I guess, I, wow, I'm on it. Well, Brooks, why don't you plug your stuff? Tell everyone where to find you. We got to get you back on. Uh, very fascinating discussion. Excellent. It's the easiest thing in the world. Just go to brooksagney.com, it's right there on the screen. If you go there, all my everything is linked there. My podcast, which is every Wednesday and Sunday at 8 p.m. All my scientific research is there. My philosophy is there. My store is there. So you can buy advanced health technologies if you want. Uh, we don't do much elixirs, but we do a lot of electronics that are designed to do all kinds of wonderful things for you. Uh, and, you know, and of course, you have access to all my uh, archives that are out there, except for YouTube. I got expunged from YouTube. 21 years of scientific content evaporated. <laughs> And what did it for me? It was my hollow moon theory series. Really? It was just too dangerous. And they deleted it. So they can ban our YouTube permanently. Um, what? I would love to talk to you about that. That's fascinating. They yes, were bombarding it. Was it. Hollow, right? Well, they oh, yeah. were bombarding it. Uh, Brooks, uh, we'll be back on here uh, shortly. Fascinating stuff. We got to get out of here. Thanks, Brooks. Everyone get my film yeah. shackled. Shackled to Silence, the link's in the, in the description. Uh, check it out. See you guys get Brooks' uh, books and all that later. Support the show. We're going to go bankrupt. Bye. <laughs>
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.